This is What's at Stake, a Penta podcast. Welcome to another episode of What's at Stake, a Penta podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Kerr, a partner here at Penta. I'm joined today by my colleague and new partner, Stratton Curtin. Hi, Stratton. Hi, Stacey. I'm um, really excited to welcome Tara Carrero, who's Senior Vice President and Chief Communications Officer, reporting to the CEO at U.S. Steel. Hi, Tara. Hello, Stacy. Hello, Stratton. <laughs> and welcome. We're all live in our Washington, D.C. studio in person together. This is so exciting. It's so exciting. <laughs> so Tara has had an impressive career in corporate communications strategy. Before joining U.S. Steel, she served as executive vice president and chief corporate affairs officer for Nestle Waters North America and Senior Vice President for Communications for the WWE. She's also held positions at a number of other iconic companies, including Heineken USA and Pepsi-Cola International. Her experience covers a broad range of communications disciplines, specializing in reputation and issue management. So thank you again for joining us here today. This is the first time I've done something like this in person in almost three years. I know. We're all still <laughs> coming back from this, right? This is well, pretty surreal. Yes. Well, we're so happy to have you here in our Penta offices. And um, I know our listeners in the policy and business world, Tara, will be interested to hear how you've navigated the challenges and responsibilities that have come with your career and now the work that you're doing to transform a, a, a very old brand, a very old company of U.S. Steel, and bring it into the future. We like to say that we are the company that made the steel that helped build America, and now we're building the future. Yeah, great. Well, we'll get into some of that. But Tara, take us back, and can you share a little bit about yourself and your career in corporate comms? Sure. I think it happened a little bit by accident. Um, I was fairly focused in high school on a career in journalism. I interned at a local radio station. I went to school for communications, majored in broadcast journalism, and I worked summers at a dry cleaners uh, working the counter. Making uh, your summer money. Making my summer money, as, as many folks do. And one day, one of our customers came in and said, I know you go to Ithaca College. I know you're a communications major. We're looking for an intern. Uh, and he was the head of public affairs for Pepsi-Cola International. And I said, well, does it pay because I need to make money? And he said, I don't know. And three days later, the phone rang at the dry cleaners. And the rest is a, a little bit of history because not only did it pay, uh, but I I made the move over to Corp Comms and uh, I've never looked back. Really. You've never looked back. And that's that's one thing, Tara, that I think is, you know, a lot of people have jumped from public sector, private sector, government and you have really spent a career since those since recruit your recruitment at the dry cleaner yeah. in corporate communications yeah and my uh, my first boss he's still a mentor today you know 30 plus years later and um, his joke is that Lana Turner a former Hollywood actress very famous was discovered at the soda fountain and at the drugstore and that he discovered me at the dry cleaning counter. <laughs> <laughs> and now so many companies have gone on to benefit um, from your experience and from that from that career. Tell us about your current role at U.S. Steel. I'm responsible for managing reputation for the company. When I think about 
reputation, I really think about the corporate brand. And so much of focus and attention is on product brands. And I believe that the corporate brand needs to be nurtured and managed in the same way that a, a product brand does. And so our team is focused on media relations, issues in crisis, stakeholder engagement, marketing comms, executive comms, internal, uh, really the, the full gamut of what you would expect. And, you know, we are the keepers of reputation and strategic business partners and counselors to the CEO and to the senior leadership team. And I think of myself as, you know, team coach and chief cheerleader. I, I loved, I've heard you say that corporate communications is like the marketing arm for the corporate brand, that there's not this tension between comms and marketing. There used to be, I think, a very clear delineation. And I think as the media industry is consolidated and reporters are no longer specializing, you know, I think back 20 years ago and there was a reporter for every industry and, mm -hmm. and those days are long gone and you cannot rely on the media to tell your story. You've got to create and tell your own story. And that's where I see the, the lines really blurring. Well, so we know every good team is made up of people. Can you tell us who makes up your team? Um, how do you divide responsibilities? Um, where do they sit physically? We are a very small but very mighty team. Uh, I have folks in Connecticut, Pittsburgh, Texas, West Virginia, North Carolina. U.S. Steel moved to a model post-COVID that we call distributed but connected mm -hmm. uh, instead of the term remote because we actually do feel like we are more connected and are able to reach more stakeholders through this model. And so it's also enabled us to attract talent from all over the country that we may not normally have been able to attract. And so, you know, my team is largely evenly split across internal, external and marketing communication, and they are smart and passionate and work extremely hard. And they, they work all over the country. They, they do. Sit, they they work all over the country. There's about five of the 12 that are in Pittsburgh. But as I said, we've got Connecticut, we've got North Carolina, Texas, Kansas, West Virginia. Um, so we're, we're everywhere. Let's talk about U.S. Steel and the transformation that you and the management team are leading. So U.S. Steel is more than 100 years old. Do you all think of that as a challenge or an opportunity? It's both, but it's much more, I think, of an opportunity. You know, when you think about taking this 120-plus-year-old global icon and transforming it and repositioning it for the future, that's a once-in-a-career opportunity. So there were a lot of firsts for U.S. Steel. You know, they coined the term safety first, uh, first board of directors, first market cap above a billion dollars one of the first companies listed on the NYSE. And so there's this tremendous heritage and, you know, very high reputation and brand awareness. But the opportunity is to really define what we stand for moving forward and how we are helping to build the future. Well, I'm curious. I've heard you talk about this before. You've historically been a B2B business. What does that look like in today's communications environment? Has that evolved? I think it has. And I like to think of a B to C to B model. So really helping to create consumer pull. Mm -hmm. When you think about something like the energy transition, you can't have an electric vehicle without electrical steel. 
And so if I'm an environmentally conscious consumer and I'm going to the dealership to purchase an electric vehicle, I probably would also be interested in knowing that the steel in that vehicle was made with 75% less carbon emissions. And so that's where the B to C to B comes in. Uh, stakeholders are, are people too, right? They're consumers. And so when you think about the broad swath of stakeholders that any company deals with, you also have to think about them as consumers. And that's a great segue. I'm curious, how do you, you know, either personally or in your role at U.S. Steel, think about ESG both broadly and then obviously a, probably a pretty big focus on sustainability in the current um, environment? I think what makes U.S. Steel unique is that ESG is not a bolt-on. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a chief strategy and sustainability officer because sustainability in particular is inextricably linked to our business model, which we call best for all. It's really about taking the, the best of the integrated steelmaking model and the electric arc steelmaking model and delivering for consumers, for our employees, for the communities in which we operate. And I, you know, we think about it holistically mm -hmm. and not just about climate as an example. You know, we think about governance. We think about our role in the community. We think about DE&I. We think about safety. And we approach safety, uh, we call it 360. So it's about not just physical safety, but also psychological safety and making sure that people feel comfortable speaking up in, in the work environment, not only to share their ideas, but also if they see an unsafe condition, we want them to feel empowered to speak up and to stop work and make sure that we're being safe at all times. Is it hard to change perceptions of an industry in a company more than 120 years old? Like what are the what are the challenges there? Well, we have an amazing foundation to build on, as I said, high brand recognition and a strong reputation. The opportunity is really in defining what we stand for today and in the future. You know, people hear U.S. Steel and they conjure up images of Andrew Carnegie. And, you know, the opportunity is really for the communications team to help transform that image. And I'm very fortunate in that our CEO, Dave Barrett, believes in the power of communications to transform the business. He sees it as a strategic driver and not just a cost center. Yeah, you were, you actually, we were talking and you said that the chief communications officer, your role reports to the CEO. That's obviously not the case in all of these big companies. No, it's, it's not. And, you know, over the years, I've had different reporting relationships. And I really do think that communications has to report into the CEO in order to have the right level of interaction and understanding mm -hmm of the business and to have that day-to-day -day contact and conversation, you really have to know and understand what the CEO is thinking and what the senior leadership team is thinking in order to be effective in the role. And with that, what do you say, distributed but connected model, how are you, how, literally, how do you keep in touch with the CEO? We talk every day, Almost, I think, you know, whether it's text or a phone call or an email or a, or a WebEx. Um, but, you know, we're doing that across the board with everyone on the senior leadership team, with my team. You know, I think the the challenge of working in a distributed but 
connected way is being very intentional Mm -hmm. about making those connections and making sure that those are happening. What's the most disruptive element you've had to grapple with in your role so far? You're 10 months in, right? (laughs) I think starting a job virtually, that was that was interesting. Um, And again, you know, I think it came back to just being very intentional in getting on people's calendars, introducing myself, building those relationships, and then taking any opportunity to also, you know, meet people in person and to establish, you know, a broader working relationship. But I think from a communications perspective, uh, the biggest disruption has really been our collective bargaining agreement negotiation and the communications surrounding that. We wanted to ensure that our employees had updates, had information, had accurate and truthful information about the status of those negotiations. And we wanted them to hear it from us. And that took a tremendous amount of time and and energy. Um, And so I'm I'm pleased that that agreement's been ratified Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're we're moving on to to other things. And so some of U.S. Steel's employees are unionized and some are not. A vast majority are actually. Are in unions. And that depends on, it varies by location? It varies by location location, uh, with the, the largest being the United Steel workers. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear about what's coming uh, next for Tara and U.S. Steel. On the first Friday of every month, Penta analyzes the latest jobs and labor market data in a digestible format. Sign up for our reports at pentagroup.co or on Twitter at PentaGRP. Welcome back to What's at Stake. I'm Stacy Kerr here with my partner, Stratton Curtin, and we're with Tara Carrera, Senior Vice President and Chief Communications Officer at U.S. Steel. Tara, can you talk about the role of research and metrics in your work and in the communications team? I think that's such an important question, and we're really working to transform communications at U.S. Steel to be data-led. So we have a monthly dashboard and daily monitoring. So we're tracking sentiment. We're tracking engagement. We're doing annual reputation tracking. And, you know, being data-led not only helps you expand your credibility, it earns you a seat at the table, but it also really helps you know in real time what's working, what's not what levers you can pull to course correct. And, you know, when I think about communications as a strategic driver and a strategic thought partner, having the data at your fingertips is absolutely essential. And, you know, I think back to an experience at one of my former companies and the CFO wasn't really fully bought in on the value of communications. We've all been there, right? Once or (laughs) twice. Yes. And so, you know, we ran a campaign that cost about two and a half million dollars and He was asking, you know, did we really need to spend that money? And I was able to basically backtrack into the amount of profit that was available to the company now as a result of that campaign. And it was 12 times what we spent on the campaign. So the answer was yes. So the answer was yes. Um, But, you know, having the data is absolutely critical. So how is your team looped into those dashboards and the monitoring? 
We work with a few partners, um, you know, that deliver on a monthly basis the the monitoring for us, the sentiment, the engagement, the share of voice um, relative to our competition. But you know, also daily, we're looking at social monitoring. We're looking at obviously, you know, the the media coverage of the the corporation, and so you know, those are the those are the daily set of eyeballs on things, and then you know, looking over the course of the month how we're doing and where we might have gaps. And then are you deciding what's shared with other members of your senior leadership team from those? We share the monthly reports with the CEO, and then we share a truncated version with an executive summary with the rest of the senior leadership team. I'm curious, is there one data point that's like your go-to if you only have two minutes to look at the dashboard before a meeting that you always check? Sentiment. Can you tell us a little bit why? What what is the the value that you feel is um, so important about that one? I think that that's the, the true measure of how others are seeing you. You know, if you think about share of voice, that's really more of a quantity mm-hmm. measure versus a, a quality measure. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at, in particular, that positive sentiment and it, working on increasing that. And it's, it's you know, it's a game of, you know, one kind of percentage point at a time. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, it's a game of inches. It's a game of inches. Uh, so, you know, we often look at neutral and positive together, um, but I'm really focused on trying to increase the the pure positive. Mm. Yes. So I'm I'm curious. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about U.S. Steel, but as you mentioned, I think you've been there um, a little less than a year. But you've spent your career in corporate communications, um, as we mentioned, Nestle Water, WWE, Philip Morris. I'm curious over the the arc of your career, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen? for corporate communications, both externally and also internally for internal stakeholders? I think that the biggest change externally is the definition of stakeholder. Mm -hmm. It used to just be your stakeholder was your shareholder. And now (laughs) it's, you know, it's your customer, your employee, your community and and everyone in between. And you've got to pay attention to all of them at the same time and figure out what messages need to be delivered to whom, by whom, when, on what platform. You know, when you think about technology and social media today. You know, I was uh, telling a group earlier today that, you know, back when I started my career, you had days, even weeks sometimes to get ready for an issue or a crisis. And, you know, now you have seconds. And if you're not already prepared when it hits, you're not prepared. Truly. <laughs> so it's it's vastly different than it was when I started out. And I also think, Internal communications uh, is much more recognized today as being critically important. When you think about the employee as a stakeholder, you know, even pre-COVID, it wasn't as recognized today as as being uh, essential. And so I think that employee communications is is definitely having a moment um, and it's gone from an afterthought to an essential discipline. Absolutely. Tara, what's next from U.S. Steel? We are very focused on delivering our best for all strategy and, and all that that entails. So delivering for our customers, for our shareholders, for the communities in which we operate, and for our thousands and thousands of employees all over the U.S. and in Slovakia. 
No small tasks. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end with some rapid fire questions. You want to go first, Stratton? Sure. Um, hopefully, an easy one. What do you love most about your job? The opportunity, I think, to help determine the future trajectory and really redefine communications as a strategic thought partner. What I love about U.S. Steel is its values-based culture, and those values underpin all of our decision-making. And those values aren't new. Those they are not, around. no. Um, what are you reading? I am an Axios junkie, so I rely <laughs> smart on smart brevity. I think it's a brilliant formula, AM, PM, finish line. I really like the media trends and – as a comms person, I was really excited when Eleanor Hawkins launched the communications Yeah, newsletter. we love it. We love it. And uh, our team, actually, we did the Smart Brevity workshop, and uh, we're going to be using the Smart Brevity tool to, to help fine-tune some of our communications moving forward. Yeah, so all of our friends at Axios listening, we didn't even – we didn't pay Tara to say that. <laughs> um, I'm curious. Maybe um, my last question is, um, what's one thing you want people to walk away understanding about steel in the 21st century? It is absolutely essential to everyday life. And it is infinitely recyclable without losing any of its properties. It's the most recyclable material on earth. Excellent. Tara, thank you so much for joining the show today. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in for another episode of What's at Stake. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at PentaGRP. I'm your host, Stacey Kerr. And as always, thanks for listening to What's at Stake, a Penta podcast. Thank you for listening to What's at Stake, a podcast produced by Penta. For the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at PentaGRP and follow us on the web at Penta.co. 